This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Reception the Show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You are listening to Reception Perception the Show. Matt, fresh from his uh, trip back from the Super Bowl. How was Arizona, pal? Oh, man, it was great. Um, I had a blast. Got to talk to so many cool um, current players, former players, you know, did some media myself, got to meet uh, a lot of folks in the industry that I hadn't met before. So it was cool. it was a great time, man. I had a, I had an absolute blast. Um, definitely, you know, trying to reintegrate myself back into real life, you know, um, eat <laughs> home cooked meals again. Um, yeah, that, that, that you drink less. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you know than you do on the road so um i forgot how much i like uh work travel though you know staying in, i do kind of like staying in hotels is that a hot take i like no. staying in hotels i it's fun um you know kind of get to get some solitude uh every now and again but yeah man it was a great trip i, I had a, i had a really good time well hotel life gets old after a while but i think for someone like yourself it's not like you travel for work a ton most of your work that yeah. you do is here locally uh, in the Los Angeles area. So, no, I think that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Um, best interview from the Super Bowl for you was what? Jamar Chase ended up probably being my favorite interview um, because we got to really uh, dive deep on um, route running and and some of the guys that he loves to watch. Uh, some of what well, he really nice. went on and on and on about Keenan Allen and why he thinks he's so underrated. Like why he does, you know, he asked me, he's like, why do you think like he doesn't get the the respect he deserves? But um, also because I was asking everybody, you know, for what people that don't know about Radio Row, you know, these guys are for the most part going through like the gauntlet, right? Like they That's are a factory. They're just they're just doing interview after interview after interview. And I, my thing was this week, I asked everybody, what's the one question that you've been getting that you're sick of being asked? Because you know, a lot of these guys get asked the same thing. And for Jamar Chase, he said. I'm, I'm sick of people asking about my relation, what my relationship is like with Joe Burrow. He said, um, I, for, <laughs> he's like, for one, my relationship is on display with him. Like, watch us play. That That is our relationship. But then he went on to say, and this is another reason why you asked this question, because they give you, then they end up just answering the question um, without really, you know, realizing yeah. it, but in a little yeah, more yeah. of like a candid way. He was like, Joe Burrow and I don't talk. We don't hang out. We don't text each other. Like if I text Joe Burrow, it's a question about film, like not, you know, like buddy, buddy type stuff, Yeah. which I thought was interesting because I thought that was an interesting response then. You know, I, I bet he didn't say to anybody else like, yeah, we don't talk. We don't we don't text. <laughs> but he ended up then answering the question, which I wasn't going to even ask. Right. So yeah, right. I thought that was an interesting response because I think everybody thinks like, oh, these guys are so tight and they are tight from a work perspective. But he's like, this is my guy that I, I work with. We do a job together and then we go our separate ways after outside the facility or whatever. So I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. And also just because yeah. of the, we really got uh, deep on the wide receiver stuff. Well, a lot of good wide receiver 
uh, lot, lot of good wide receivers that I talked to over the weekend for sure, over the week for sure. You know what's interesting about that response too? It's all about the order of how he responds, right? Like he starts off by saying, "You see the relationship. We we work really well together." And like you know, whatever. I you know, I'm sure he said, oh, "I love playing with the guy." You know, blah 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 blah. So he says that part first, and then he says, "But it's not like we talk off the field." If he had said that second part first. And and yeah. then backed it up with, well, we play really well together. That's when it becomes like one of those stupid media stories. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, don't talk. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You know point. what I'm saying? Right? So it's it's yeah, all about the point. order in which you say um, what you say, which is really, really funny. Um, although I just did, I just did something myself that I hate when people do, when people say, when people in the media say the media, um, and it's yeah, like, right. nobody you're, you're in the stop, stop doing that. Stop denigrating your own profession. Stop denigrating yourself. Stop denigrating, um, just the, the idea of journalism in general, which just absolutely sets me off. Uh, the rails because golly, uh, I am a journalist first uh, and then an entertainer second. But anyways, whatever. Let's be Who clear cares? though. Let's be clear. Yes. It's a couple things here. One, it's way worse when people in like political media do it than sports media. Oh, okay? yeah, uh, of course. It's, that's way worse when it's like, <laughs> oh, what the media doesn't want you to know, as they say on their like billion million dollar television <laughs> yeah, show. Right, right. Way, 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 yeah. way worse. Uh, right, but right, also right. like, I, and this is just something I've I've picked up from talking to players over the years. It's not that I want to sit there and be like, oh, the media, when obviously I am the media as well. But you do want to like, again, these guys are doing a lot of interviews this day. Like you kind of want to be like, hey, man, I'm I'm a little bit more uh, on your side than, than 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 their side. Like I'm not you're not coming on, on my set today because I'm trying to get like uh, the hottest take quote or whatever like i'm trying to get this video to go viral with asking you some question you know like aaron jones great example like he comes on obviously i knew what he was going to say the question he doesn't want to to be asked anymore is what do you think is going to happen with aaron Rodgers?" so one i'm Ah. like all right let me i'm for now for the next like 10 minutes or however long we've got you i'm not going to sit here and grill you on aaron Rodgers because i want you to enjoy this experience you know what i mean so um, right. Yeah, there's a, obviously we are the media. They know we're the media um, <laughs> we're, to sit there and be like, oh, the media does this when we all probably at some points do it. It is still, though, uh, it's nice to, to, to try to let these guys know, like, hey, I'm not I'm not you're not here on the show for me to, like, try to yes. get something out of you. I just want to have a good conversation. Good journalism, bad journalism, but it's all journalism. But uh, I hear what you're saying. All right. So, uh, hey, let's talk about the, the results of the Super Bowl here. Uh, I don't want to get into like, oh, was it a holding? Who cares uh, at this yeah, point? C- congratulations to Kansas City. Um, I thought they did a great job. Um, actually, to be honest with you, I-, I thought they actually did a great job offensively all game. It's just that they couldn't possess the ball in the first half. In the second half, they started to possess the ball a little bit uh, and just did what they did in the first half, which was score the ball. Uh, which was fine. But uh, in the aftermath here, Philadelphia loses the game. And then not only that, then they lose both of their coordinators, not just one, but both Matt. Uh, Is it going to be a little bit of a brain drain in Philadelphia, right? Offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen goes to Indianapolis. Defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon goes to Arizona, Uh, both head coaches in their respective spots here. But a lot of times, and New England's the prime example of like, it doesn't matter if the coordinators leave. As long as they've got Bill Belichick in the building, like there's no brain drain whatsoever. Um, 
<laughs> actually, it's funny, right? Like once they brought Matt Patricia back in, you could actually say they ended up doing worse from the coordinator <laughs> position, bringing yeah. someone back in uh, to the building. But no, generally for a team like New England, it doesn't matter what happens to their coordinators. But I would point to Buffalo and say, well, they lost Brian Dable and that was a huge loss uh, for the Buffalo offense overall. I don't, I don't know what to make of this quote unquote brain drain in Philadelphia. Maybe you could walk me through it. Yeah. Well, first of all, this is just the price of winning, right? The price of showing that you're a well-built operation, the price of going to the Super Bowl. Um, pretty incredible that, uh, you know, a team like the Bengals has gone to a Super Bowl. Uh, they've shown consistent success and they've actually not had like, you know, their coaching staff completely purged, especially because right. Lou Anarumo is a great defensive coordinator. Exactly. And I, look, I, it's, it's always tough to say with a guy like Jonathan Gannon, who's coming off, uh, his defense, not particularly showing too well, uh, at the end of the game. Um, there's certainly, uh, you know, different times over his course of, of being the Eagles defensive coordinator that he's shown, you know, maybe I, I would say his defenses are a little too passive. I, I would say that they're, um, you know, they sit back a little bit too much. They kind of let offensive dictate offenses dictate the action to them a little bit more than I'd like as a defensive coordinator, but you know, maybe he still ends up being a great coach for the Arizona Cardinals, you know, just cause you're a great or a bad coordinator doesn't mean you're not, you're necessarily going to, you can translate that to exactly how you're going to be Correct. as a head coach, you know, right. Lou Anarumo, great defensive coordinator. Maybe he's not a great he- head coach. I don't know, but this is just the price of, of success. But I do think the brain drain stuff is real. Um, you know, look at and that doesn't mean that the Eagles are suddenly going to fall off the face of the earth. In fact, I don't think they're going to fall off the face. Of the earth. But you <laughs> right. look at a team like the LA Rams under Sean McVay every year, it feels like they have to, you know, they have to make a new move at, at, at their offensive coordinator position, especially, I mean, um, the 49ers are now in that spot where they're consistently every year getting raided. Right. Um, so it's a good sign. It's also, I mean, it's going to say a lot about Nick Sirianni, who I think is a great head coach. And I think this is why a lot of teams prefer to build from the offensive side, not just because offense is more stable year over year than defense. But if you have an offensive minded head coach, you know, and I've on this show praised Sirianni for passing off the play calling duties to Shane Steichen. But um, if for whatever reason, Sirianni wants to take him back next year. He's capable of doing that, right? Like, or mm-hmm. in in you mentioned Brian Dable with the New York Giants. If they had lost Mike Kafka this coaching cycle, Brian Dable can just take back the play calling duties. But also, like, really, with this, it's going to be a, a sort of a legacy building moment for Nick Sirianni because the Rams have been fine because they have Sean McVay. Obviously, last year, notwithstanding with all the injuries and offensive line stuff, but right, um, yeah, you're right. If you have the guy there, like a Bill Belichick. But or the Sean McVay or, or or a Kyle Shanahan, you can continue to sustain and create and build that culture while you have this brain drain. But it absolutely is a real thing, especially to lose b- both coordinators at once. That really sucks. All right, so Shane Steichen, just thirty-seven years old. I, I mean, it's funny. Yes, he's young, but not only that, he's also still new to coaching. He's only been a year. Uh, he was a OC at uh, for the Chargers for a year and a half, and then a one-year OC for Philadelphia. That's it. Two and a half years. 
as an OC uh, at 37 years old. He's going to go to Indianapolis as their head man. And then Jonathan Gannon, uh, he's 40 years old, so still relatively young pup here, but um, but was an NFL scout for a few years. He was a DB coach under Frank Reich for three years in Indianapolis and now two years as a defensive coordinator in Philadelphia. So he does have a little bit more experience, uh, especially in the NFL life cycle uh, than Shane Steichen. I, I was surprised that Indianapolis actually uh, went with Shane Steichen because I'm not 100% sure he's really shown all that much, right? Like when you've got Justin Herbert, how much are you showing? And then Jalen Hurts, how much of that do you put on just Jalen Hurts being an absolute, you know, maniacal, you know, uh, work guy? Like he's worked himself into, uh, I just, I'm just so impressed by Jalen hurts being able to work himself into the pro that he is today. Um, I don't think it's a schematic thing. I don't think it's a game plan. I just think it's Jalen hurts, man. So like, I'm not sure what Shane Steichen has really shown me. Maybe I'm being too harsh. I don't know. What are your thoughts there? Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I think you're being a little too harsh. By the way, it is kind of funny that there's so much connective tissue now between the Eagles and the Colts, right? Like right, the Colts yeah. hire Eagles Eagles offensive coordinator Frank Reich uh, to be their head coach. Then the Eagles hire Colts offensive coordinator <laughs> Nick Sirianni to be their head coach. Right, right, and then right, the Colts right. hire Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen to be their head coach. Right, I mean, that's right. it is pretty funny just the interconnectedness. And even Jonathan Gannon was a guy who had experience on Frank Reich's staff, as you right. mentioned. Um, I actually really like Shane Steichen, I think was one of my favorite candidates um, this cycle because I think it's what he's done is shown a lot of flexibility as a play designer. And of course, again, Nick Sirianni deserves a lot of credit for this too. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Steichen's been the plain call, the play caller for at least a year and a half, I think is a big feather in his cap, especially because these offenses with the Eagles, the last two years don't look anything like what, Shane Steichen has come from you know you mentioned his history has mostly been with the Chargers I mean 2014 2015 offensive quality control coach for the San Diego Chargers um San Diego Los Angeles Chargers 2016 to 2019 you know he was with the Chargers as a defensive assistant actually in 2011 2012 um 2013 he was with um you know the offensive quality control coach for the Cleveland Browns his background is mostly in that like Norv Turner style of offense yeah. um which is wildly different than what Justin Herbert was running uh, from a, from a perspective uh, when he was the interim offensive coordinator in 2019. And obviously a big part in 2020, he was a chargers offensive coordinator. Then I think Herbert and his, you know, his development there, you've got to give credit to Shane Steichen for that because Herbert wasn't a guy who was necessarily supposed to play in his rookie year, right? Like they were expected to ride Tyrod Taylor Taylor. time. And then the trainer punches <laughs> oh, him or punctures geez. his lung or whatever. But Herbert was like ready to rock right, right from the, from the get go, despite being a guy that people didn't have a lot of expectations for. And then for the Jalen Hurts side of thing, you know, they, they run out this offense early part of uh, the last season 
that was not last season, but you know, 2021 season mm-hmm. that was yep. like kind of pass heavy, you know, a lot of up tempo stuff. And then they changed courses midway through. And like, you know, Shane Syke and Nick Sirianni, these guys don't have backgrounds in like the QB run offense in like, okay, let's build around a rushing quarterback. They don't have that background, but they were able to successfully do it on the fly. Not a lot of teams were able to do that. And then this year, I think they evolved the offense in yet another step. I think it would have been easy to say, hey, you know what? We can replicate what we did in 21 and be like a run first team. And Jalen Hurts' legs are the kind of the centerpiece, the identity. They don't do that. They go out and get A.J. Brown. And then they're kind of throwing the ball in a lot of creative ways. They're even deploying A.J. Brown as like a vertical receiver, not just the kind of over the middle yak stuff that he was in Tennessee. So it's going to be a little bit difficult to, to separate Steichen and, and and Sirianni, but we do know that Sirianni passed the play calling duties off to to Shane Steichen, which I think is a big feather in his cap, considering the success of the offense the last year and a half. Okay, so Indianapolis obviously obviously has a big question mark at quarterback. I think at wide receiver they look pretty good, to be honest with you. Uh, I like that combination of uh, of Pittman and Pierce. But you go back to twenty twenty one. You mentioned Shane Steichen there. I thought the offense in Philadelphia was actually pretty bad. Um, now that being said, Jalen Hurts was still developing as a passer, and dude, they had no receivers. I mean, nothing. it was Devonte Smith as a rookie, and then like Jalen no- Rager. And I mean, nothing. Quez Watkins. I mean, yeah, nothing, dude. <laughs> nothing. So, uh, so again, it, it's it's maybe he's a little bit of a victim of the circumstance, but I I don't feel as if in 2021 Shane Steichen uh, helped elevate that offense at all. Do you? I mean, do you remember late in that season how bad that Philadelphia offense was in 2020? It was. It was borderline unwatchable, dude. It was it was real bad. Um, so I I still have that memory of 2021 Philadelphia, and then they add AJ Brown, and then Jalen Hurts takes a big step forward. Um, and again, I'm not sure how much of that I attribute to Shane Steichen. So again, I you know what? Maybe I'm being a little bit harsh, uh, but I certainly I think have a lot of question marks uh, as to what he's bringing to the table at 37 years old, limited OC experience. Uh, there to Indianapolis. And as we know, like over the last couple of years, man, Indianapolis has not been, you know, a breeding ground, a fertile ground uh, here for stability, especially at the quarterback position. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, Whatever happens at the quarterback position there for the Colts is probably the most important thing. uh, And it might be even more important than Shane Steichen being um, the head coach there in Indianapolis. But in Arizona, Jonathan Gannon goes there. You talked about it probably being more important for an offensive guy uh, being a head coach. And yet we've got a defensive guy being the head coach in Arizona when I feel as if this team's not really built that way. I mean, we kind of sort of make fun of Kingsbury and, and his offense and all of those things. But uh, boy, I tell you what, they loaded up on the offensive side. And I think the defensive side needs a little bit of work. What did you think about Gannon going to Arizona? It's never good when it feels like uh, every Eagles fan I, I know or e- every Eagles fan like I follow on Twitter, every Eagles like fan writer or whatever is like excited to see Jonathan Gannon go. That, that's not <laughs> never. That's that not doesn't really thing. feel like a good sign. Yeah, but good. again, you know, Jonathan Gannon has gotten a lot of head coaching interest pretty much since since he became the Eagles defensive coordinator. So. You know, I don't know Jonathan Gannon at all. I don't really know anybody that knows Jonathan Gannon. Um, so I'm I'm not like sure what his qualities are as like a leader or any of that stuff. Or right. and maybe that's really where he's just about to shine. I, I truly don't know. Um, but and I, I mean, frankly, 
the Cardinals are just such a weird team, right? They're yeah, in such a weird spot where they're financially and, you know, you know, tied to Kyler, but Kyler is not going to not going to play for the first half of the season. You'd think uh, mm-hmm. next year because of how late his injury uh, happened. I don't think, I think Kyler's development, you know, whereas we're talking about a guy like Jalen hurts who all Jalen hurts ever does is get better from every single step, like from Alabama Yep. Uh, to Oklahoma, to rookie yep. year, to second yep. year, to then third year, his team's in a damn Super Bowl. He just gets better. And again, I think some of that is is credit to the Eagles coaching staff. I think a lot of it is credit to Jalen Hurts. But that's just not happened for whatever reason with Kyler. You know, he's leveled off. There's always been the injuries, but they are financially tied to him. And then, like, you look at the rest of the roster, there's a lot of veterans, you know, a lot of veterans on uh, offense. You know, Zach Ertz is there. DeAndre Hopkins might be on the trade block this year, but Marquise yep. Brown, you'd think they'd want to get a, an extension done. They did a pretty big deal for James Conner last offseason. And then, yeah, defensively, they lose J.J. Watt. They don't have, like, necessarily uh, five premier players or anything like that. So they just – I, I, I don't know about the Gannon thing because I just don't know where the Arizona Cardinals are going to be like. How are we going to be talking about the Arizona Cardinals this time, you know, like next year? I have no idea. I think they're going to be a dumpster fire, dude. I <laughs> think they very well could be. <laughs> I think they're going to be an absolute dumpster fire. Uh, again, I thought it was a curious decision to go with Jonathan Gannon as a head coach. I thought they needed somebody with more of an offensive skill set, um, kind of given their roster. And just, I don't know, man, like, they need somebody to have a decent mind meld with Kyler. And I just don't think that was the case with Cliff Kingsbury. You know, the funny thing is that's why they hired Cliff, right? They wanted somebody to kind of have a a decent open line of communication with uh, their star quarterback, but just didn't happen, man. So I don't know. Um, And I will say this, I'm going to be really curious to see if the OC can bring Kyler and make him play in structure. Um, and, and we say that a lot, especially after the Russell Wilson deal, that yeah. we have found out that quarterbacks playing out of structure can only do that for so long. And I think we just saw that in Seattle and Denver, respectively, that when you get a guy who can play in structure, you end up being better than somebody who's aging out uh, and playing out of structure. You know what I mean? So uh, interesting to see what happens there in Arizona. That is a weird depth chart. That is a oh. very... Dude, a very I'm weird depth you, chart. They're I mean, built maybe, badly, and it's not going to look good, dude. I think I think they're going to be in trouble, boy. <laughs> I think they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, it's not looking good. So so many. Uh, maybe maybe they want back some of those you know linebacker first round picks, uh, you know stuff like that. And <laughs> I mean, Marquise Brown's a good player, but you know Marquise Brown was like you're basically your first round pick last year. I know you got a third back in the deal too, and right. I, I don't know. They they need yeah, they need like an overhaul of the offensive line. Their O line's been bad for years now, for sure. Uh, they've tried to address it, but I don't think it's worked very good. 